Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. We don't often bring somebody on like my guest, Marsha, today. And here's why. Uh, Mostly because I don't think there's enough people like her out there. Uh, She is an author, a blogger, a retirement industry expert, and the author of a couple of books that we're going to talk about today. Now, my favorite thing about Marsha is she fundamentally understands how important it is for you as a financial services professional to market, communicate, and help women make decisions when it comes to retirement because it is different. You can think to yourself that it's not, but you're wrong. And we're going to talk about being wrong today and how to make it right. Marsha, welcome to the show. Oh, Matt, thank you so much for having me. And that was quite an intro. Well, thank you. Fantastic. Well, I did. We had such a fun pre-call and I was so excited. I saw you on my calendar today and I'm like, I love this lady. So, all right. First off, just, just give us a little bit of a foundation here. How did you become a retirement industry expert and an author of multiple books? Well, you know, like many things, Matt, it was, um, I fell into it happenstance. And sometimes you just walk through a door because someone opened it for you and voila, you end up having a 30 year career. So in my case, I ended up walking through the door at Fidelity Investments back in 1992, as they were, I call it, inventing the rollover IRA. And I got put on an account team that needed to support the marketing and product efforts for the rollover IRA, which of course now has become the be all end all of our entire business. It was exciting. It was like the Wild West, and it lasted for 13 years, which was all good. But meanwhile, I had these two amazing young girls I was trying to raise at home, and corporate America and motherhood does not always quite align. So I stepped out at Fidelity and said, you know what? I need to figure out something different so that I'm not always screaming at my poor kids. And I started Mantel Retirement Consulting and just hit 15 years of doing business consultancy work with the financial firms and financial advisors around the country. Is it specifically directed at women or just your experience in the industry overall? Great idea question here. The women piece evolved over time is what I would say. We started out just trying to grapple with and get our arms around this thing called retirement. You know, in 1992, the 401k was only 12 years old. Well, 10 years old, really. And we were all just trying to figure this thing out and saving for retirement. What did that mean? And you you dabbled in it. Well, after 30 years, it has become abundantly clear that women have very different retirements than men they're ill-prepared, and they don't even often know how to get their arms around getting themselves prepared for another 30-year chapter. So it has happened over time. It has built over time. And for me, 
I mean, you may notice, Matt, I am a woman. So I'm particularly <laughs> concerned, you know, self-serving for my own benefits and my own retirement and my own ability to navigate the very complicated financial world that we all live in. And so just over time, things evolve from being broad retirement, zeroing in onto women and what women really need and how to get in this money game. So that's my travels through retirement and getting to women. I'm going to ask you a really dumb question because just me formulating the question just seems wildly ignorant on my behalf. But why is there such a difference? I mean, you know, we live in society together. Uh, Why is there such a fundamental need for financial services professionals to understand the differences in how women want to prepare for retirement and men want to repair for, prepare for retirement? Why is there such a big difference? Well, behavioral finance would probably have some really academic, wonderful research to answer that, but I'm going to go a different route. And I would tell you, It's because men and women are fundamentally, culturally, society-wise, while we live in the same society, we see it differently and our roles are different. Add to that, the laws that have been written around retirement have been radically different for men and women. I'm going to give you two examples. The first is Social Security. When Social Security was written, it's a law. So, I mean, keep in mind here that we've got some 4,500 pages of legal doctrine that supports Social Security and Medicare. It is a law. And in 1935, when the charming men in Congress were writing this law called the Social Security Act, society, I'm using that in quotes, society was very much what we would consider today a traditional white family. The man worked outside the home. The little woman stayed home. She certainly didn't have a job for pay and she raised the children. So the laws were written literally to protect her, that the expectation was the man would be out in the world working, earning a living and providing for his family up until age 65, at which point he would enter retirement. So he couldn't retire early, by the way. He would enter retirement and provide for her still by having earned a paycheck along the way. So that's one example. So just even in our laws, it's set up where men and women are different and have different access to their money. The other one, though, that just slays me to this day. When I started in the retirement business, again, 1992, moms, at-home moms who did not have wages could only contribute $250 to an IRA. 250, that was it. The working dad, the working husband could put in $2,000. She could only put in 250. It wasn't until 1996, you know, that's like yesterday for me as a baby boomer, like, oh, 1996, you know, I know that era. Only then could at-home moms make equal contributions into an IRA. I still find that stunning. It's jaw dropping. So women were not even allowed to stay home to raise their kids and be able to save for retirement. So yeah, we live in the same society, but the laws look at these gender roles, these traditional roles very differently. And the laws are written in that era. 
it can sometimes take a really long time to change them. Yeah. Changing laws in this country is a, a very, very cumbersome and, and partisan, unfortunately, process a lot of times. It doesn't always keep all of us, all of our interests best in mind. But let's go. So, so thank you for that, that historical foundation. I knew none of that. Uh, so I love podcasting because I get to interview super smart people like you and learn something new every day. But let's, <laughs> let's talk about your first book. All right. Uh, which is, right. The, is what's the deal with retirement planning for women, right? So that's your first one, correct? That is correct. Okay. So let's talk about that. How can our audience, because this is, this is the gold of what I wanted you on the show for, is to help our audience know how to communicate more effectively, retain women as clients after their husbands pass, because you all live a lot longer than we do. And thirdly, realize that 51% of the population isn't a niche. It's the majority of the population, and you fundamentally have to know this as an advisor. Tell me about the book. Writing this book was was a, not even a labor of love. It was just a love. It was a passion. It started with helping advisors and helping women understand that we ask a certain basket of questions, right, in the advisory world. We, when we're getting ready to retire, we talk about, oh, you know, what are you planning to do? And have you done your budget? How much have you saved? Do you understand about withdrawal rates? Do you know what inflation will do? And we talk all this techie stuff, right? So women are sitting there very often thinking, A, I have no freaking idea what he's talking about. B, I couldn't care less. And C, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Geez, the time is ticking away here and I've got to pull something out of the freezer. So this book, the intention of it, it's a very short, it's 90 pages. And what I focused in on were these 10 key questions that women need to ask themselves before they retire and get the answers to. You know, we're very good at throwing questions out as an industry. We're really bad at answering them in a way that's meaningful. So I wanted women to own some of this. Like, come on, girls, you can't just take a back seat here and let your husband, your partner, you know, an advisor or someone else make decisions for you. You need to get in the game. But we don't have an understanding. One of the areas in the book, one of the chapters was around getting comfortable with financial information. But we do it in such a different way. Like, and I use the example, have you looked at the Wall Street Journal and looked at the pages and pages of stock returns for the day? and the mutual fund pricing for the day and the bond market for the day. It's in black and white. It's in broadsheet. It could not be more boring. Women don't do boring. You know, we're reading uh, People Magazine and Cosmo and playing on Facebook and doing all the social media stuff. It needs to be much more engaging. And so advisors, I think, can do much better drawing more pictures, talking about things that are important to women that don't end up on traditional budget worksheets or traditional conversation about retirement. It is about your children. It is about your grandchildren. It's family first, community first, um, holidays first. So I call it plan for the parties and the price tag. So women are great about planning the parties and all the men have a great time when they're there. Where we fall short is that we don't always think about the budget implications and the financial side of hosting Christmas and Hanukkah 
and putting on a big Rosh Hashanah dinner or having a big Easter hunt, right? We just do it. Well, there's a financial piece to that that the ladies need to get involved with. But if the advisors can meet them halfway and talk about those things that are most important to women, family, community, traditions, then worry about the money piece. I think the conversation would just be a whole lot more lively, more engaging, and get the women to do what needs to be done in their best interests. Do you provide any sort of an outline template? Here are some question ideas, icebreakers, conversation starters, anything either within any of your books or within your consulting program? In the consulting business, I do. And one of the things I have built to support this particular book is, I'll call it a transitions program. It's a series of I use it as six hours of conversation pieces that women find helpful as they're thinking about their own transition into retirement and what it's going to mean. Layering in at the bottom some of the money topics. And I'll give you an example. I had one woman I talked to who wanted to leave the big city she lived in and buy a farm, a a small farm, like an apple orchard or a blueberry or a strawberry farm, which sounds so fun, right? And this was before, this was by the time she was 60. So she was talking to me two years before retirement and moving into this farm idea. I mean, what a fun thing. And she's very crafty and she was gonna make jams and jellies. And like she had this whole vision of her farm stand and what she was going to do. What didn't she have though, was a really good grasp of the money. Yeah, she could sell her condo in the big city and, and she was gonna get a, you know, a chunk of that, but part of that had to go toward paying her retirement. So how is she gonna buy this farm? Like, where's the practical reality here? Or where are the trade-offs she's willing to make? So that's what I do in this transitions program. It's more about Boy, you just love to have somebody who's got that clarity of what they want to do. But we need the advice and the guidance from the money managers to really help her bring this to fruition or help her realize, well, maybe 60 is too early, but could you do it at 64? And those are the kinds of conversations that need to happen. So yes, I do have some of those ideas and tools and this mini program, I think I'd call it. So what I'm gleaning from this is, is making sure, number one, that you're altering the tone of the conversation, not just from a verbal perspective, but also a deliverables perspective. Make sure that it's visual. It's not the pie charts and the bar graphs and the black and white. It's much more picture, I, I mean, because you're talking about family, community, mm-hmm. making sure that these are practical things. The, the conversation still can hit the level of depth that most advisors want to take their clients to. It's just the journey getting there is a little different. Is that fair? It is fair. And I would say it's much more winding. And, and frankly, I find it much more interesting than just getting down to, oh, well, here was your valuation on 1231 and here's where we are today. And I rebalanced your portfolio and we need to think about income annuities. I'd really rather talk about my girls and what they're doing out in Minnesota and 
you know, how we're going to get out there in the era of COVID and all those kinds of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get to the investment part later. But, you know, and I have a rule and this I'll share with the advisors. In order to become my advisor, and this cuts across, it's the CPAs, it's the financial investment people, it's the estate planning attorney. When I interview for these people to be on my team, we have an initial interview and then there's always a follow-up, right? I give everyone a chance. And if I come in that second time and, and my husband and I go together, we come in the second time and the advisory person only talks to Dan or didn't remember my children's names, Katie and Lindsay, not that hard, they don't get the business. It is that simple. If you don't know me and what's important to me as a person, you don't get my business. Yeah. My uh, wife and I were recently shopping for mattresses and mm -hmm. uh, the, the salesperson made a beeline to me and I stopped and I, I looked at him and he's like, oh, hi, how are you? And he was trying to do the whatever warm up. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't make these decisions. I said, Did you, he fumble? You, Oh, he did. Oh my God. Uh, first off, he turned pale uh, because, you know, oh my God, I'm not talking to the decision maker. I made like the first rule of sales mistake. <laughs> and then my wife will eat him alive. Right. And I, I love that about my wife. It's one of the reasons why I married her. But I love the fact that they get so uncomfortable. And so that we went to a couple of different mattress stores. And of course, there's a mattress store in every corner that we literally went across the street, Marsha. And this is so funny. And the guy walked up to both of us, my wife and I were standing together and he looked at me and he looked at my wife and he says, all right, who makes the decision here? Oh my gosh. Isn't that fabulous? We, we bought, I mean, we weren't really actually going to buy a mattress, but we, I mean, we were just really looking at that. We bought the freaking mattress. We walked out of there. We dropped a lot of money. And yeah. It was funny because I went on Google reviews, which I know advisors can't normally use, but I went on Google to this mattress company and there were 38 reviews about this salesperson talking about how polite he was, how he, you know, he asked my wife and I, this, it was wonderful, right? And now I know we can't have testimonials like that in financial services, but if you have that mindset, that changes the dynamic of absolutely everything and it is really important. Now, in the time that we have left, there's another huge looming thing that you specialize in that I, yes. I think I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, which is social security. I know advisors love the social security conversation because it really allows them to highlight their expertise. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to have this conversation about social security with women, you are missing so much. So you wrote another book, which is What's the Deal with Social Security for Women, which was awesome because <laughs> the first one was What's the Deal with Retirement Planning for Women. So let's talk about the second book here. Let's talk about Social Security and some of the things that they can find in the book that they can use in their practice. Oh, I thank you for mentioning this book. This was truly a book of necessity. There's a lot of books out there, really for the advisor community. You can learn every calculation and calculate PIAs and Amy's and, you know, run the gamut of technical stuff. Well, you know what? No one needs that except for a few of us. But how do you translate it? How do you answer women's questions? How do you answer men's questions? So the reason I wrote this particular book was I do a lot of presentations, well, you know, before COVID and would talk to large groups of people normal, regular, everyday people who have worked for 40 years 
who were stunned to silence when I talked about social security and the decisions they would have to make. And what would happen afterwards, man, it was fascinating. A handful of men would come up to me and they'd ask a question, they'd get their answer and they'd go away. The women though would come up and whisper their questions to me, kind of like after their eyes are darting around, you know, making sure no one was overhearing them. They were so clearly uncomfortable. They were so concerned and they had no idea, for example, that they would get a benefit if they had been the at-home mom and that if they become the surviving spouse, the widow, that the decisions their husbands made about the husband's social security would affect them in their old age. And then there's the divorced women who had no idea that they could claim on an ex. And, and they, there literally are tears where it's like, I had no idea I would be able to claim on my ex, the doctor, the lawyer, the, you know, the guy who made all the money. And that is going to fundamentally change how much money I have for my retirement. It is that important. It's the foundation for everyone's retirement income. And if you don't get it right, these decisions are irrevocable and they matter. They can matter the difference of a thousand dollars a month. And you know what, when you're celebrating your 95th and your 96th and your 97th birthday, a thousand dollars a month, $500 a month, 750 a month makes a gigantic difference. Life-changing difference. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that change, if you're going to have to move in with your kids. Okay, how, how do you make sure that the right questions are being asked so that the right outcomes can happen? How, this seems like, what I just heard you say, seems like an enormous amount of pressure for financial advisors and the, the people who are preparing for retirement. So what other advice do you have to make sure that, that advisors are asking the right questions, who are, who are truly making sure that they're kind of turning over every single solitary rock to look underneath to make it so that the decision that is made isn't gonna have negative long-term lasting effects? There are a number of ways an advisor can go. And every advisor should choose this for himself. Now, the way I would recommend is that you become an absolute expert in social security so that you don't miss any opportunities or don't guide clients down the wrong path that has just irrevocable and harmful consequences. But it's hard to get paid when you are spending oodles of time mastering social security. So it really is not for every advisor. So path two, you add to your team an outside person who can address social security questions, concerns, help the advisor uh, with the conversation he needs to have. Some advisors call me, so we can set up a program if that's what you wanna do. So you're really adding, you're the quarterback, right? And then you bring in your whole team around you. So social security experts should be one of them. Medicare experts should be another one. The path that every advisor should go down. So whether you, you use you know, the full-on expertise or you bring in and buy expertise, every advisor should be requesting of every single client to bring in their social security statement for the next planning meeting. That social security statement is an absolute wealth of knowledge. It's just tremendous. Social security has done the lion's share of the heavy lift 
for all of us. It shows you your estimate for when you reach your full retirement age, which is around 66 or 67 for most people today. It shows you how little you get if you claim early at 62 and it's a forever lock in of the least, least, least amount you can get. And it shows you how much you get at 70, which is where it maximizes the benefit. This statement allows for conversations to get started and to help, especially with couples. If you are a married couple, if you are married now in a same-sex married couple, the rules work for you too. If you're working with couples, they need to understand the close interconnectivity between and among each other so that there's not a spouse gap. I call it, let's see, there's the mom, the wage gap, the mom gap, the widow gap, and the care gap. And these all affect women. Maybe a, a man, you know, every 300th man is affected here, but women get paid a lot less for the same jobs. We all know that. The mom gap, when you step out of the workforce, if you don't understand that taking that time off to raise your darlings will cost you from a social security perspective, you just need to know there are consequences that will dog you in retirement. So you need to know about that. 35 years of earnings, that's what goes into the social security calculation. Your personal highest 35 years of earnings. Then if you become a widow, you get to step into the shoes of your husband's benefit, if it gives you a higher benefit. But when a husband claims early, you know, at 62, because he's tired or he doesn't feel like working anymore, or maybe because he lost his job, well, that also locks her into her widow benefit, the least amount that she should get. And there's no changing it. It just is what it is. So all of these factors get to be very challenging for advisors to have as discussion points, but it's critical. And so if you don't want to be the expert, that is perfectly fine. Hire out the expertise that you need. And it's amazing that a lot of financial advisors' friends who are other advisors, CPAs or outside consultants, can actually increase the business opportunities that are happening when you bring in that outside consultant. You don't have to look at them as competition. They are they show one how deep your bench is, and two, it also shows that there are a lot of really smart people out there, and you don't know everything. And Marsha, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in working with advisors, but. I would hear from advisors all the time, Matt, you know, the, the one thing that terrifies me the most is as somebody asking me a question I don't know the answer to, and my response to that always was, okay. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> so you say, I don't know, and I need to find out for you. They're like, well, doesn't that not make me look like an expert? No, actually it does make you look like an expert because it makes, makes me believe, one, that you're at least a little bit humble. Two, yeah. that you're not just going to answer questions just to sound smart. And three, that you have the ability to do appropriate research to find out the right answers, which is why I think everybody needs to connect with you on social and they need, to, they need to get these books. But before we have you talk a little bit about that, what's next on the horizon for you? Are you, you got another book in the works? Uh, what, do, what do you got going on? Yeah, I'm debating about the, the next book. Uh, I was thinking I was going to make this a little triumvirate, right? What's the deal with retirement planning for women, social security for women, and Medicare or yeah. retirement health care for women. So that's a, that's a high possibility. But I also write a blog every month and I get to do a guest column on in Retirement Daily, which is one of the street's Maven 
channels. And so I write about sometimes social security, sometimes about retirement. This past month was about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and social security. So you can find my special guest columns on the street as well. So that's kind of fun. Now, Marsha, first off, Thank you so much. This was awesome. You said a whole bunch of stuff today that I have never heard of. And man, I've interviewed a lot of people about a lot of the stuff. So thank you for teaching me some new stuff today. It's one of the reasons why I absolutely love my job. I get to talk to really, really smart people like you and I get to learn something new every day. So I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that there are people who are saying this Marsha mentality, I I think I want to hire her or I want to, I want to know more about who she is and how she can help me in my practice. Let's talk about that. What's the best way for people to reach out to you to engage you if they would like to have help in these areas we've talked about today? Well, there are two websites that are the best ways to get to me. So my business website is mantelretirementconsulting.com. And you can take a look around of the different types of programs I have created and that I can deliver and so forth. So mantelretirementconsulting.com. The fun way is to go to the blog boomerretirementbriefs.com. And you can also reach me there and poke around. I have a tab just on social security. This is about boomers in action and um, some of the legislative pieces that you need to know. So it's kind of a gamut of, of fun topics just in brief form, you know, three, four minute reads and some uh, scavenger hunts and checklists and so forth out there as well. So either way would be great. We will make sure that we have those links in our show notes. Marsha, thank you very much for your thought leadership and all that you've done to contribute to the higher consciousness that we need in financial services. Oh, Matt, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. It was just a blast talking to you. If you guys have any topic ideas or you want Kirk and I to answer any questions about marketing or podcasting or social media, please, all you have to do is email me, Matt, at topadvisorm.com. That M is for marketing. Or if you have a guest idea, we're always loving hearing from our audience on who they want us to interview. And so please, again, Matt at topadvisorm.com. Writing a book is a very, very powerful way to not only solidify your place in history, but it's also a great business card. I can't stress enough, if you think that you have a book in you, and if you think that you want to write a book, there are a couple of great resources out there. In fact, we had a guy on our show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Seth Green. He can help you write a book. Please consider doing that because as Marsha is talking about here, you can get specific and you can truly help people overcome problems that a lot of advisors, a lot of financial services professionals, and a lot of business people haven't had the time that you might or the experience that you might have had in order to write a book. These are two books, What's the Deal with Retirement Planning for Women and What's the Deal with Social Security for Women that should be on your shelf in your room where you meet with clients because it's gonna show that you are in tune with 51% of the population and their specific needs in retirement. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way every time we come out the new podcast, will show up directly on your listening device. And you know what? Give us a quick review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, blah, 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 all those uh, channels that we syndicate to because there's a crap ton of them and I can't remember. So with that, for Marsha, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today 
and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.